0: Hi, and welcome to the Stories About My Ass podcast. This is Chris Mann in for Brandon Dickerson. I am a co-producer and the editor of the show. Brandon's feature film, Amanda and Jack Go Glamping, is wrapping up its festival and theatrical run, and it's now available on demand wherever you rent movies. But as everything wraps up for the film, we wanted to take a break and unplug with our families over Thanksgiving. So we thought this would be the perfect time to share a conversation Brandon had had with Robert Sims, who hosts the show Lights, Camera, Austin on KOOP 91.7 FM, which also streams live at www.koop.org. We'll return next week when Brandon talks with the composer for Amanda and Jacko Glamping, B.C. Smith. And now here's Brandon's interview with Robert Sims.
1: The Lights, Camera, Austin interview. Joining me now on Lights, Camera, Austin to discuss his new film, Amanda and Jack Go Glamping, is writer-director Brandon Dickerson. Brandon, thank you very much for joining me today on Lights, Camera, Austin to discuss Amanda and Jack Go Glamping. How are you doing today?
2: Very well. Thanks for
1: having me. Well, my pleasure. And uh, we are talking midway through the uh, Austin Film Festival. How are things going with the, um, uh, the film at the festival so far?
2: It's amazing. It's been really great. We had our world premiere here, and I was thrilled to to be able to to have our premiere be at the Austin Film Festival, and that yeah, was great. It was at the Stateside Theater, and I was thrilled.
1: And um, I know you were an Austin resident, but now you've relocated to uh, Fredericksburg. Is that correct? That's true.
2: That's mm-hmm. true. Where we um, we've lived in Austin for seven years total, and two of those years were at Green Acres, where we actually filmed the the movie. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, And so were you you still living here when you initiated the project or had you already moved to uh, Fredericksburg? No,
2: no. The whole project took place while we actually were completely finished with the film uh, when we moved. So Mm -hmm. all of post-production, everything was done here in Austin.
1: Mm -hmm. So, Brandon, admit it, the uh, the original title for uh, Amanda and Jack O'Glamping was Love Yurt.
2: It was not, but that's good. I want to take that. I think that was actually a better title. You're the first person to come up. I've heard a lot of people pitch me titles, and I think mm-hmm. that actually trumps the uh, Amanda and Jack go glamping. That's great. Well, you can
1: use it in I, the, uh, as part of the advertising campaign. I know,
2: I know. That's fantastic.
1: Brandon, so what came first? The desire to make a film about a troubled married couple or a film set uh, set in a glamping destination?
2: It actually was the the setting first, and um the married couple actually came later the initial um r- sort of what sparked me creatively for the film was that we lived at Green Acres we as a family had downsized moved out uh, about 30 miles outside of town here uh, between Elgin and Bastrop and had lived in in trailers as a family and then had started this glamping retreat that we called Green Acres for obvious reasons, we were we were city folk living on land, and so uh, I started writing the story literally with my donkey uh, staring at me, and I had I had been I just felt like a fish out of water there. I loved it, but I had this donkey, and I grew up in California, and I'm like, how did I end up here? I'd started a blog called Stories About My Ass, mm-hmm. and then those themes kind of came out as I started the script, so it was that first. And actually the married part kind of came later just from storytelling technique of trying to find a way to uh, craft story and conflict for this main character that I sort of fell in love with, which was Jack.
1: And there's a reference to your blog in the the film as well.
2: Yes. Big time. There is. Yep. So what made you want to start Greening Acres? I think that we were inspired by a lot of things. I think, um, Simplicity has always been something that as a family we've desired. My wife owns a company called Raven and Lily, which does um, sustainable fashion um, within uh, eco-focus and caring for women around the world. And so that sort of mentality of tiny living and small had inspired us, but then we wanted to share it. And we had been to glamping retreats before, and we had this land, and we just put up a yurt. And actually what happened, we sort of did it on the side, and then the yurt ended up on the cover of Austin Monthly which sort of called our bluff on the whole thing. And we quickly uh, found ourselves in the, in the boutique glamping retreat business.
1: Um, I talked with one uh, programmer with the Austin Film Festival who is not familiar with the term glamping before um, uh, he or she uh, came across your film, Amanda and Jacko Glamping. So for those who are not familiar with glamping, can you just explain how glamping is different from camping?
2: I can. The term comes from mashing up glamour and camping. So it's glamorous camping. And really what it does is it takes away the, um, so specifically for us, it's a bed on a deck in a yurt, which is actually a bell tent. And so you have the idea of being out in nature, but you have some of the comforts of home. And what's interesting, we found at, at Green Acres that folks would come, one person sort of grew up uh, camping and the other said, there's no way I'm going camping. <laughs> and so glamping is this way of sort of bridging that gap where some of the comforts that you want uh, combined with um, the the outdoor experience, but it started in New Zealand and Europe and the idea of just putting up sort of a nice uh, space out in nature. But the, the whole, the idea of unplugging is really at the core and you see some of those themes uh, just of connectivity and social media in the film. But for me, <clears throat> and, and our motivation behind the whole Green Acres thing was the idea of giving people the opportunity to unplug. And how long have you been a glamper? That's a good question. I, it's so funny. I've never been asked how long I've been a glamper. It started <clears throat> actually in Kenya. I think I glamped in Kenya. That sounds exciting. But the first time I ever went glamping was in Kenya on, on safari. A lot of these safari places will provide glamping. And, you, and then you go out and see wild animals and come back and they have all sorts of kind of amenities, but it's rough too. It gives you the opportunity to kind of be in raw nature, but then sleep in a bed.
1: Uh, Brandon, uh, the cast of Amanda and Jacko glamping include uh, David Arquette, Amy Ecker, and uh, June Squibb. So did they glamp uh, during the shooting of the film, or did you put them up in, uh, in hotels and have them uh, commute to uh, Green Acres?
2: No, I actually started the whole process by bringing out David and Aiden Canto to glamp with me, and <laughs> so uh, I, uh, which was fantastic for the film, for us to spend time sort of workshopping scenes. Uh, and then it proved, uh, I wasn't as strategic as this, but it proved fruitful in that David was terrified of uh, staying in the yurt, which his character is also <laughs> not happy at all. The character of Jack is not happy about glamping and the real life David Arquette turned out to to be not happy about glamping and it was <laughs> fantastic. Uh, it hearing him tell the story is, is hilarious that he was in the night and he hears coyotes and these sounds and he's only protected by canvas. Mm-hmm. And so-
1: So did you force David to stay at Green Acres? I did, <laughs> I did.
2: Not throughout the film. Mm-hmm. So uh, he, he stayed in Bastrop mm-hmm. after that. And on weekends, he would stay here in town. But uh, so I gave everyone uh, an early taste of glamping. What was interesting is my family, uh, that was our homestead, we all had to move out while we filmed, so our home became a set. Mm-hmm. So I was sleeping on uh, in my office at Spiderwood Studios, which is out there, and then my family got an Airbnb in town, and so we sort of cleared house and turned it into a set and then came back afterwards.
1: So Brandon, um, talk about writing the script for Amanda and Jacko Glamping, so that the location didn't overshadow the story that you wanted to tell about this uh, troubled married couple played by uh, David Arquette and Amy Ecker. Well,
2: I think, you you know, a setting is not enough, certainly. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I'm no Woody Allen, but Manhattan, you know, somebody mentioned that. They said you're, this is your, (laughs) which I obviously embraced, but you, you have a setting, but you have to have a story and the story had to quickly become more important. And so I dove deep into the idea of Jack and then it was very easy. I mean, writing's never easy, but it was easy to pull from themes of somebody that is putting their self-worth in their art and struggling about it and uh, struggling through it and, um, and then needs to find out what's truly important. And so that those themes of insecurity as a writer were easy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I didn't have to dig too deep to find those, those themes in the film.
1: Brandon, uh, David Arquette plays Jack. He is a writer. He's had, uh, he had great success early on with his, uh, I believe his first published novel and then the second and third kind of came and went uh, without causing sort of much of a sensation. Um, and he seems to be a, a character who's obviously affected by his, his lack of uh, uh, success later in, in his life and everything seems to annoy him. He's especially annoyed, as you mentioned, about uh, having to go glamping with uh, his wife, Amanda. Um, can you talk a little bit about writing a character who seems very irritated and irritates everyone within listening distance but at the same time you want the audience to be invested in in that character and his emotional journey
2: yeah you you have to i mean the the classic term some people love and and hate the idea of save the cat it's mm-hmm. sort of the screenwriting term that you have to put something in a screenplay that makes you love the character and especially for jack that he he is annoying mm-hmm. and if you're not rooting for him um, you lose the whole film, and
1: he's wallowing in self pity as well. Right?
2: Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah, he he's skilled in feeling sorry for himself. <laughs> that he's excelling in that, but he's a good father, and and it's it's no uh, it's not a coincidence that the very first scene you see him in, interact with his girls, and that comes up a few times um, throughout the the film, and he has that going for him, and I think that's very helpful knowing that. He's not a cross-the-board failure. There are priorities that he still has hope in, and he just is in a place of needing to uh, get that throughout his relationships.
1: So, Brandon, how did you arrive at David Arquette um, as as Jack?
2: Yeah, it was fantastic. So I um, wrote the script and had executive producers on board, and I went – Back to two producers that I had been working with on a previous project, and I looped back and said, "Would you join me on on this film?" And it was uh, Susan Kier and Kathleen Suther- Sutherland. And Kathleen had worked on Boyhood, had produced Boyhood, and so Patricia Arquette uh, did pretty well with that film.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and so <laughs> she called Patricia and said, "Hey, uh, it's Kathleen. I'm working on a new film. I think you're." brother you know we had talked about how great our brother would be for the role and so that's how we got the script to him he read it in one night called me the next day and we just hit it off and hit it off related to the themes he just poured himself out as he does he's just very vulnerable and honest and willing to kind of go there and so he was willing to sort of say hey i connect with uh the themes of this film and certainly uh, marital challenges or or no, uh, are not foreign to me.
1: Mm. Uh, I'm kind of wondering if at any point Patricia Arquette said, uh, "Forget about my brother. Why aren't you asking me to play Amanda?"
2: Right. That's true. Well, the the problem there is I wrote the role for Amy, mm-hmm. so that role was never available. Mm-hmm. I wrote the role for uh, Amy was in my first film, Saronia. I literally wrote the 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 role of Amanda. To be Amy all along so yeah, she, that, was, she was on board
1: that was actually going to be one of my next questions of course Texas native uh, Amy Echo appeared as you, as you mentioned uh, in your first film and of course she's a Josh Joss uh, Whedon regular who now appears in Fox's uh, TV's uh, X-Men show The, the Gifted mm-hmm. um I kind of want to I want to come back to the character of, uh, of Amanda in a second, but just keeping um, the discussion with Jack, what, what did David Arquette bring to the character of Jack that, that wasn't on paper? Or how did he expand upon yeah. what you, the, the character that you had <clears throat> written?
2: You know, he just took it to another level of depth in that he really wanted to explore all of the backstory, which I had outlined. But he wanted to dig deeper into that. He wanted to give in that time that we were glamping, uh, Amy came out and we all spent time in the Spartan trailer and David really wanted to dig in. And of course, I, I love this, that he was bringing all of this to the party, that he wanted to really dig into all the nuances of kind of what got this guy to the point uh, of, of where he's, you know, feels like he's going to throw in the towel on multiple levels so he sort of took the page and then added a depth to it and then i would say also which i was thrilled with a willingness in the comedy aspects to just go for it and um but we 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 talked about this over dinner last night that we weren't focused on the comedy at all that was we we knew if we got the depth of the sort of themes right that the comedy would come and it i think it paid off i think it's a very now, now seeing it with an audience, it, it'd be a different conversation mm-hmm. if we if I was saying I made a film that's funny, but getting to sit with 300 people that are not my friends sort of gave me the opportunity to enjoy the humor with them.
1: Uh, Brandon, there's a scene at the, uh, uh, glamping site, um, where, uh, uh, David Arquette's character of Jack, uh, he's engaged in a conversation with, uh, a couple of, uh, the other guests they are a younger couple, um, uh, and he's railing against social media. And I'm mm-hmm. wondering if that's kind of your thoughts on social media, or you just felt that, you know, this would be a good way for um for the character of Jack to express his frustration at a world that is changing around him and that he's not necessarily keeping up with those changes.
2: It's both of those things. I do have strong feelings and thoughts about social media. And I think maybe the most humorous thing that happened was going into the film, on opening night, I was, for the first time, discovered uh, live Instagram, live FaceTime. And I was doing those things, walking into a film that's critical of social media. And here I was using social media to broadcast the film. And that, I think, is a perfect um, sort of picture of the tension that I feel. I feel very conflicted with it as a a resource and as a tool to share. But then creating a season, I have kids that you know, are coming into a, a new world with that. And the fact that they have literal likes growing up, you know, I wondered if people liked me, I didn't have instant gratification mm-hmm. of not only do they like me, they like me today or they don't like me today or they like me less today, or they like this and they don't like that. And I uh, have strong feelings and strong concerns about what that, what that does for us as a society. And then as artists, it's that tension of younger artists being able to um the, the jokes around uh uh writing uh that they can just instantly upload it mm-hmm. and he grew up in a time where if you wanted to write you had to find a publisher you had to you had to fight for it and yet um that tension you see come out and i can't sort of spoil anything but i think that he comes to an interesting place in his relationship with that but it's easy to hate hate on that without sort of embracing it. So, yeah. yeah.
1: And social media isn't working for him because people don't know he's got a new right. back out.
2: <laughs> right, right. I think Jack, if he was uh, had a million followers, he'd feel very different mm-hmm. about social media. He doesn't like social media because he hasn't mastered it. And it only shows that other people are out there doing less work and getting famous quicker. And, and that whole thing of just comparison it's it there's always been that challenge of comparing yourself to other artists Mm -hmm. but now you can see in real time how well they're doing or at least think how well they're doing
1: uh brandon you'd mentioned that you wrote wrote the role of amanda specifically for amy echo who you previously worked with um can you talk a little bit about writing the character and and when you're writing the character of, uh, of amanda and and how much of amy do you have in your head and you're kind of writing the character to her strengths, but at the same time, you also want to pull her out of her comfort zone in order to play uh, a character that she um, may not have played before or wants to, uh, you know, find some challenges in playing.
2: Yeah, it's a, it was uh, a joy because I just um, love her and, you know, we as a family love her and, and then just as an individual, she's amazing. And then also her talent is incredible. But the the way I work with her is different than what she's famous for. Mm-hmm. She jokes, you know, you, you don't have me with a gun. You don't have me uh, as an alien. You don't have me doing all these things that she does in other films that make her famous at Comic-Con. It's very different from that. Then the other thing that's different is whereas Jack, I'm pouring from my own journey. Um, the relationship is not at all my wife and I. I wasn't pulling from other than just the general mm-hmm. you know understanding being married but uh, Amanda's character is not my wife and so I was taking uh, what I know of Amy's talents and gifts and crafting story around that and she mentioned after seeing the film how weird it is for her because it's more of her than she ever is when she's uh, you know the the mother of uh, an X-Men kid mm-hmm. you know that's that's less of who she really is and this one as um, in real life, you know, uh, married and kids and all those things, it, it played a little closer to reality for her. But then seeing her do comedy, which she never does, and I think she's incredible in, in a comedic role, she she felt liberated. So all of those things together were hard, but then really fun to do as well. So do
1: you, are you, were you up front with Amy and saying, I'm writing this role I, for you. Uh, here's some notes, here's some pages, <clears throat> have any feedback, or is it a case <clears throat> of, okay, Amy, I'm writing the role, but I'm not showing you the script until it's completed and then give me your feedback.
2: That's what I did the second. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I let her know, um, hey, I'm writing a, a, a role for you. And this is of course before, you know, early on. I mean, page one, I started it that way. And and as writing, good writing takes time, <laughs> you know, there was a gap between that. Just like, hey, how's that coming? I'm like, it's coming, it's coming. But I didn't want to show her anything too early. I told her the premise and the setting and then send her the script. And fortunately she loved it. <laughs> she gets, She's busy enough. She could have said, so sorry, the schedules don't work out. Mm-hmm. But uh, fortunately she loved it and she was the first one on board. So what feedback does she give
1: you um, that, that may have prompted you to go back and make some changes to her character or some of her dialogue?
2: Yeah, her notes. And I appreciate that were just from her perspective and depth and we wanted to make sure you never want, um, you just want strong female characters. And I always uh, strive for that. And she's been a part of that, certainly in my first film. And so that's what we looked at together. Just her character, not being a caricature, having real depth and having her own journey and her own struggles. And she struggles in a totally different way. That's kind of believable for a husband that's kind of in a pity party. You don't question... It's playful and fun the way that she engages with the Aiden Canto character, but um we wanted that to be believable and her to there to be a tension there so that she was a real uh character. And I, I think it the I think it paid off. I'm I'm thrilled with her performance and what she brought to the, the party and, and the scenes with her and Aiden are very, very funny. <laughs>
1: Uh, and Aiden plays uh, the uh, glamping destination owner, Nate, and he's uh, overly amorous. Of Have you come across uh, people like that in, in your life and just uh, wanted to punch them in the face and this is your way of getting <laughs> is, back at them?
2: It is, yeah. Certainly with those uh, six-pack abs. Yeah, that was... Uh, that was. <laughs> that. And he is an amazing guy. And it's so funny on his show, uh, uh, Designated Survivor, he just could not be more opposite mm-hmm. of this. So he embraced it, played with it, had a blast and he is, you know, we're ramping up the caricature a little bit more in a playful, playful way. Um, But yeah, you're thinking of what, what could you pour every insecurity that Jack has and embody him and this other guy. (laughs) The other thing too, that I poured into that character was, I feel like when we owned this glamping retreat, that was the ideal, you know, I'm a landowner now, but I really am, I'm not handy. And I'm, and I don't have those abs and, you know, I'm, well, you not, can work on that. I'm not, yeah, yeah. I'll get there. On both but, of those. Yeah, exact. Yeah, I, I'm exactly. I'm far more handy now after the two years there, my wife calls me handyman brand. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the ideal, you know, outdoorsman, uh, landowner that's sustainable. He's making that. It was very fun with like, he's making kombucha and, uh, beekeeping as well as, um, Uh, does he make pallet furniture and all those things that kind of this culture aspires to. Some of my best friends are beekeepers and make pallets, (laughs) but they don't look like that.
1: (laughs) And you get to have June Squibb uh, in in, uh, Amanda and Jacko glamping. And she's just, she's out there.
2: She's so good and such a wonderful person. I met her actually at the Austin film festival and I wrote the role for her as well. So I wrote that specifically for her let her know that, and was thrilled. <laughs> she said, um, "She calls me the kid. Mm-hmm. She goes, i 'I'll do it for the kid.' I right? like <laughs> the kid. Yeah, so it's great. I don't get called a kid a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not so young.
1: <laughs> and, and talking of kids, it's possible that uh, Chris Carpenter, who plays the uh, wise beyond his years uh, Ben in mandarin um, jack uh, goes glamping uh, steals the film uh, he's he's yeah. someone that jack meets at uh, the uh, the glamping retreat and mm-hmm. it's kind of his sounding board
2: yeah and that was said that in the q and a uh, the the question for chris was you they started it by saying you steal the the scenes it's amazing i i'm thrilled he he also was someone that i knew those three are the um those that i knew and and had crafted story around and yeah, he's he's Yoda in the woods, right? He's he's in there and offering this kind of advice and his uh performance is incredible. And he was great to work with. And both seeing David and Richard Robichaud work with him was amazing. So, he's yeah, he's a scene stealer. But uh not in a distracting way. I just think you you want to see him every every time he comes up the audience <laughs> is kind of thrilled like, "Oh, we get to go back to this kind of B story."
1: And the soundtrack, a lot of uh, uh, 80s and 90s mm-hmm. old uh, uh, rock hit, hits, uh, The Cure, uh, New Order, Tears for Fre- affairs. Uh, is this the soundtrack of, of, of those decades for you?
2: It is, yeah. It's the soundtrack of when I personally wanted to be a filmmaker, and it's the soundtrack of when uh, Jack wanted to be a writer. And so it serves a purpose, other than just sounding amazing and being great to have in the film, it's his sort of throwback to the time where he would sort of set out his goals that he thinks he's not achieving. But uh, the, the cure, one of the greatest days of production for me was when Robert Smith approved. He, he has to personally approve cure songs. Mm-hmm. And so I got a call from my music supervisor, Linda Cohen, that Robert Smith approves. I said, right. He approves it directly. So I was a little giddy over that actually. So very yeah, cool. Very both cool. the cure songs in the film, I love and, New Order and Missing Persons, Tears for Fears. It was great.
1: Um, there's a uh, line from uh, one of the novels that David Arquette's character, Jack, uh, uh, wrote. Um, uh, and it's uh, quoted back to him by uh, Nate, the Clamping uh, uh, retreat uh, owner. Um, and this is, uh, quote, uh, never be motivated by fear, comfort, or fame, uh, end quote. Is this your man- mantra? It
2: is. Yeah, it is. That's I, I appreciate that you noted that it's kind of a throwaway but that's yeah when he says that that's a bit of a a theme stated and it's interesting that that jack is the one who said it but is not the one that's living it mm-hmm. so he's not practicing what he preaches so yeah mm. that's good i i'm glad you i'm glad you noted that
1: so brandon now that uh amanda and, and uh jack go glamping it is out there um, sort of have you turned your thoughts to what, what do you want to do next? Uh, I'm not sure whether you're sort of more preoccupied at this point with sort of with Green Acres or if sort of your attention now is, well, I'm looking to the future now. I got this film's coming out. What's next for you?
2: Yeah, there's a lot. So Green Acres, we actually uh, passed the pitchforks to some dear friends here in town and they carried that on. We moved to Fredericksburg. Uh, I'm working... Um, uh, on some retreats at, at Laity Lodge. So I get to continue in that sort of retreat space and then writing wise, uh, I, I continue to write the blog. i sparked back up, um, did a podcast, uh, around the film. That's also a stories about my ass podcast. I can't just get over that name. Maybe the best (laughs) title other than, uh, Love Yurts. I thought I had a really good title until you came up with Love Yurts, but then I'm working on a screenplay with Brian Belknap called Number One with a Bullet, and that's about a band uh, from the 90s that is sort of doing a a tour that they don't want to do because uh, the the band members don't want to do it. The lead singer Mm -hmm. wants to, but he has so much blackmail on them from back in the day that he carries them through, and so uh, they hate it, and he Uh, gets in a car wreck that puts him in a coma and the band then through uh, news and other things gets an opportunity to kind of become the band that they never were and they get famous and then when the guy comes out of the coma he wants to reconcile Mm -hmm. with them and they want him dead so (laughs) so he's trying to reconcile they're trying to kill him it's kind of in a um, gross point blank fish called wanda comedy so i'm writing that
1: is there a role for Amy Ecker in there as well?
2: I hope so. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there will. Yeah, I, I, I'd love to have her in every film. I'd love to work with David again as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, Aiden sings, so maybe there's, there's a place for him as well.
1: Well, Brandon, thank you very much for joining me today on Lights, Camera, Austin, to discuss your new film, Amanda and Jack, Go Glamping.
2: Good luck with the film. Thank you so much. Great to be here.
1: Thank you very much, Brandon.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in this week. see you next Tuesday for Brandon's interview with BC Smith, who composed the music for Amanda and Jack Go Glamping, which you can check out on demand wherever you rent movies. Have a fantastic week and we'll see you next Tuesday.